BeastNet Podcast, sponsored in part by James Safety Services, OCR Buddy, and supported by the fitness community. Here we discuss all things fitness-related, running, rucking, mental health and preparedness, and of course, obstacle course racing. Welcome to the BeastNet. Hey, everybody out there in BeastNet land. Today, you got Brother Boggs doing a little bit of local flavor, talking with a race director. This is Chad Reif from Highlander Assault. Hey, Chad, how are you doing tonight? Good. Great to be with you. So, who who is Chad Reif? Let's just start out. Now, who are you? Um, I'm just a regular guy. I love OCR. I, I started uh, running OCR about 2014, um, just as something to stay in shape. Um, actually... I'm a police officer by day and a race director by night, um, and all the owners of Highlander Salt are police officers, ex-military. Um, we all started OCR just to stay in shape as we get older here. That's funny that you say that, because one of the ones that, that I work with up here locally, uh, Pennies for Quarters, is run by another law enforcement officer also. So it seems that I've come across quite a few of you guys that are either law enforcement or retired military that are putting together your own races now. Yeah, I think it's just the glutton for punishment uh, mentality is what it is, I believe. <laughs> yeah, that sounds about right. Uh, so Highlander Assault, how long How long have you guys been doing that race now? Um, we started this race, uh, this is our fourth season. Um, we, were, we had worked with another um, local race prior to that. Um, it was a seasonal race in the wintertime, uh, and we decided we wanted to do our own um, during the fall. And that's kind of how everything started. So this is your fourth season. Um, in the past, how many races per season have you guys been doing? Uh, we were doing just the one in the fall. And then this year we added a um, spring race. But unfortunately, due to COVID, that got postponed. So we just actually had that race uh, last month in August. Um, and that was a night event called Dark Ages. And then now we're going to have the Highlander Salt coming up here in two weeks. And the assault is your guys' flagship race, uh, the one yes, that kind of started, kind of started it all. Yes, sir. All right, you guys are right in the center of the country in Illinois. I guess kind of little eastern, but you know, mostly in the center of the country. Uh, what's the what's the atmosphere there like? You guys just had dark ages. How did uh, how did that come uh, come about, and how did that race go? Um, that was an idea that we had. Uh, we had run a local obstacle race a few years back that had a small night event and we thought it'd be, be a great idea to bring it up on a lo- uh, locally, but on a bigger scale. Um, it went really well considering the, uh, the COVID-19 outbreak. Uh, we had a lot of hesitation as far as signing up. Um, I don't know how it is out where you are, but here in the, in the middle of the U S they're really reluctant uh, due to things getting shut down quite easily. So, it was almost wait until the week before to sign up. So it was quite challenging, but we did have a pretty decent turnout um, for our first time event during a pandemic. We had 350 racers, so not too bad for our first one, but um, rave reviews. Um, everybody loved it. We had nothing negative uh, come back, and I think it might actually end up surpassing eventually our main event as far as popularity. You know, running during the day, um, you know, you can see what you're doing. You can see what it looks like and kind of get an idea of what you're getting into. But with you, you're out there with just your headlamp on your head, that completely changes what the what the event is like. Yeah, you just actually reiterated what most people 
had said to us, it's just a whole new world out there. Um, you could have those, the simple obstacles, your, your wall climbs, rope climbs, cargo nets, things like that. But when you get that headlamp on and you're climbing up 16 feet, it, it feels like 30 or 40 feet as opposed to just your 16, because you can't see all the way down with that headlamp. That's very true. So on the, the 5k, look, we'll just kind of recap, I guess, through your last event and then talk about your next one. If that's all right. Sure. Um, no problem. Yeah. The last one was the 5k at night. Uh, was there any, any obstacles on that one that you used or ones that uh, were kind of unique to that or ones that, like you said, like that wall that just really stood out? as uh, um, that- So with the Dark Ages, one of the um, things that we had to consider with it being at night was safety is number one, obviously. Um, so we didn't go real, real high on a lot of the obstacles. Um, what we did was we, we had made some rigs that were a little more challenging. So the number one obstacle that everybody was talking about is we had our, we call it um, the gauntlet, which is one of our um, rigs that is helped put together by a local race builder, uh, race ready obstacles. They build apparatus for rigs and things like that. You know, your, your typical rings, but they also add nunchucks and things like that. So that was our big one was the rig at the end of the race. We added that right before the end. So everybody was kind of gassed. So it was a little more challenging. That is always kind of a mean thing to do, put that that last big hard rig like that right in front of, you know, because they're, you know, in a non-COVID-19 world, there's probably lots of lots of spectators. I don't know what you had there for that one, but it's always, you know, you come down, in my case, it's always, I swear, you come down a big hill at the end and then, boom, there's some form of multi-rig or some sort of just strange contraption that you have to do right in front of everybody, so. Exactly, yeah. and so what we did, we tried it. We did that, but we didn't want to to punish everyone too bad. So at the finish line, we had a low crawl through. It was a, a, a really wide tunnel. The, this one's called the fog of war. So what it is, you crawl, low crawl through the tunnel, but it's filled with fog. So when the racers would come out and the, the photographers would take the picture with their headlamps glowing through the fog, it was pretty, pretty cool. Worked out really well for the photos. And I think the uh, racers really enjoyed that. Not so tough obstacle right at the end. Yeah, that. I bet the photos out of that came out real cool. I don't haven't seen any of those ones yet. I've seen a lot of other photos from that race. I'll have to go out and look for the ones for the the fog of war pictures. Yeah, you can find those. Those are uh, there's quite a few on Instagram and on Facebook. Uh, if you just look up Highlanders Salt, those will be all right there for you. Nice. And I say that's one of the things I usually end up asking. So, how all do we find you? Okay, so our Twitter handle is Highlander OCR, and then you have uh, Facebook is just Highlander Salt, and Instagram is also Highlander Salt, and then our website is HighlanderSalt.com. So keeping it nice and simple. <laughs> well, that's more for me than the uh, the racers, I think. Yeah, I, I feel you. Um, when it comes to to managing all those different outlets, uh, you know, I, myself, I'm actually the podcast manager, and that's why I want to start talking to race directors because, you know we all do things a little bit differently than the the people that generally run the courses or even the hosts of the show. You know, I've got to manage what three, three podcasts across multiple platforms. And then you got 30 different ways of putting media out there. So, um, right. Sit, trying to remember all the passwords, logins, all that stuff's got to be a lot of fun. <laughs> oh yeah. You got to get the, uh, one of the programs that keeps track of all that stuff for you sometime. And now a word from our sponsors. Does your business need first aid, AED, OSHA, flagging, or other safety training? James Safety Services is your one-stop shop. 
find them on Facebook today at James Safety Services Wall and ask for a quote on hosting your training needs. And we're back. So what what got you into to being a race director and putting on this event? Well, um, like like I said, we did the the winter race prior. Um, one day at a rugged maniac event, we were just kind of looking at the ski hill that that was hosted on saying, Hey, why don't we do this in the winter time? We're at a ski hill already. Let's throw some snow on there and do that. So that kind of started the ball rolling. We did that for the first year. And then I kind of saw that uh, it gets a little cold building in the middle of winter time. So a group of us um, decided to se- separate from that and start Highlander salt to do in the fall. Um, the theme kind of came from, you know, everybody's got their own unique little twist on racing. So what we decided was we got to have something a little different. Um, Mike Boyce, who is our course director, uh, he he's known as the kilt. He, he's been wearing kilts before we all started wearing kilts pretty much when they run. I'm sure you've seen those guys out there on the, the obstacle race courses. Um, so, you know, thinking about that and then myself being uh, half Scottish, we're like, hey, you know, let's do like a Scottish games themed kind of run. So what we did is we kind of built off of that and we came up with the name Highlander Salt. And then it started to roll into some of our obstacle names and you know the battle theme, that kind of thing. Um, the reason we do it, we just love racing so much and we don't want to see the, the local races go away. This all happened around the time another local race had, had kind of gone away. So we're kind of getting concerned that all we were going to get was your you know, your name brand Spartan Savage races, but we wanted to add some twist to that, um, bring in some different obstacles, give people a little bit more of a choice and to, to keep things local or even build that community. That's awesome. Do you guys host at uh, one fixed site or do you move around a little bit? That's what's really cool. When we first started this, we, that was one of our questions that came up was, hey, we got to come up with a place. So we had started our Facebook page first and we just started kind of, feeling around and we got contacted by a headhunter for, for the property owner that we have and said, Hey, can you guys come out and look at our property? And we went out there and, um, you know, after we left that, um, 600 acres and, um, it was all kinds of terrain. It used to be part of an old uh, golf course that was being built. There's lakes, rolling hills, uh, forest, you name it, swamp, it's right by a river. Uh, but it had everything we needed. So we've been at that location um, all four years. Uh, the property owner is actually working with us to start putting in some permanent obstacles. So that'll be nice too. So we can host some more events. That's awesome. Uh, makes it a lot easier when you know where you're going to be each year, I guess. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, we also store store our obstacles on site in the uh, storage containers there. So, you know, that cuts down our cost and, and we can pull those things out and move them around whenever we need to. So it's really nice. That's awesome. So in the last four years as a race director, is there any obstacles that have just kind of hit you other than COVID? Because I think we've all been hit with that one this year. But is there anything that kind of stood out to you as an obstacle that uh, that took a very creative solution to overcome? Well, you know what? COVID is, has been the main, the main issue. Um, as far as obstacles, I, I would say uh, retention of racers. Um, a lot of times when you have the local races, especially if they're, you know, the hardcore Spartan racers or um, some of the other names, they'll come out and do your race one time. So what you have, what we've had to do was um, we kind of adapted and 
and changed how our course is. For instance, we have four distances. Um, one of our, I guess, starting to become signature distances, our long distance race, uh, we've had to adapt that. We started off with like 15 people in this category the first year, and we call it the King Arthur's Challenge. Um, the first year, it was just kind of thrown together. It was, you know, hey, here's, you got to do a four mile lap, an eight mile lap, a four mile lap, you know, and then another four mile lap, um, just kind of thrown together, pidge podge. And um, each year it's adapted. Uh, this year it's gone now to um, three eight mile loops. And then we have a special, we call it the secret passage that is uh, 2.2 miles. So, and this is all based off of surveys, you know, from the racers. They wanted a full marathon. These crazy racers wanted to go 26. So we have a 26.2 mile obstacle marathon. Um, they get from uh, 8 a.m. until 6 p.m. to complete it. Uh, that is the goal. If you don't complete that time frame, you get uh, you don't get the medal. Um, and then there's only one winner. We have a king and a queen. They get a crown, just like King Arthur. And it's it's a it's a big hit. So we went from you know 15 almost to 100 just in that category. And I can't believe we got that many people that want to race that distance. Yeah, it's it's funny because myself and at least Mike, the uh, primary podcast host and founder, him and I'd be probably signing up for the King Arthur's Challenge just because we're <laughs> we, we call ourselves we, stupid. We actually had to cap it this year just because the co because of the COVID. We had to kind of keep our waves at certain distance or certain amounts. And we've had a cap and I've had people constantly requesting, hey, can you just fit one more in? So I, I feel bad, but I, obviously safety's first, but I think it'll be even bigger next year. So we're excited about that. So for COVID restrictions, since that has been the, the big obstacle that mm-hmm. raised your attention, um, what are you having to do differently this year um, as far as wave time, spreading out the waves or, you know, cleaning stations or anything interesting like that? <laughs> right. So um, a lot of people don't understand how much work goes into just getting permits from cities and things like that. Um, just on a regular race, uh, let alone having a pandemic, um, we have a 26-page safety protocol just for COVID that we had to add to our regular safety protocol. Um, in that, uh, when you pull into the parking lot, um, when you walk up, we have a uh, medic station where they're doing the COVID screen uh, based on CDC recommendation guidelines, uh, temperature checks, those kinds of things. Um, once you get that, you get a wristband that says COVID tested. You go to registration. Um, before you even get to that medic station, you have to have a mask. Everybody's required. We provide them if you don't have one. Um, and then once you get into our, we call it our village area where you have your shops and things like that. Um your food, that, that kind of stuff. It's a uh, mask required. There's signs everywhere, uh, face mask required zone. Um, and then we have a separate tight off area for warming up for the racers, which is our social distance zone. Those are all posted. Um, we've had to, especially for this Highlander event, we've had to increase our, excuse me, our race shoot was about, I would say 20 by 30 feet and, and it's, it's going to about 30 feet by a hundred feet now just to spread people out. Um, we have a, a start wall, which is common in a lot of races uh, mm-hmm. to get into a corral. So we'll keep that, but what we're using that for is to kind of separate the group. So any heat that's, you know, we got a 75 person heat. We'll, we'll take, you know, 20 people first, they'll get in and go. And then 
two or three minutes later, we'll send the next 20. Um, as long as we can keep that social distancing inside the shoot, that's, that's what we'll fit in. Um, as far as racers that uh, ha- had contact with anybody with COVID or just don't feel comfortable because they may have pre-existing conditions, what we've done this year, usually we have a transfer fee for things, but it's real simple. If you don't check in, um, we have a pretty good system through active endurance uh, that we can check people in. If you're not checked in that race day, we automatically are going to transfer you to the following year. So there's no worries on that. Um, as far as the course goes, uh, after our big contact obstacles like climbing walls, rope climbs, things like that, we actually have sanitizer stations out on the course. If you feel you need to use that, it's there for you. Um, and then also sanitizer stations back in the uh, village area. Yeah, it's awesome. Uh, I know a lot of you guys are probably, I don't know if you went down to Jacksonville and checked out the only Spartan race that seemed to occur this year, but uh, some of the other race directors I talked to went down there and kind of stole some of Joe's ideas on on safety protocols because, you know, we're we're all just trying to figure it out and with all these different rules and regulations coming up on a daily basis, it's almost impossible to keep up. <laughs> Right. And you know what? We were very fortunate. Uh, we were, we are actually located in the same County that Savage race had their first race back in, um, after COVID. So we went through their protocol. We got a copy of that. Uh, we went and actually ran that race here in the Chicago area. Um, and we kind of got all those ideas too, and kind of synced them with what we were thinking and it worked out, you know, you're going through the same County. So it's a lot easier to say, Hey, they had their race. We're going to have ours at the same kind of protocol so that helped out a lot the city was very helpful um and understanding so they actually waived all of our fees because they want to have events back and show that they can be safe so the city's been very helpful that's holiday hills illinois yeah it's awesome out here on the west coast uh none of our cities are even really thinking about allowing us to even try that uh we have one little event venue up in snohomish washington which is just a little town of maybe 1500 people and they're allowing one race to operate there and they're doing five person waves every 15 minutes so they're not able to do but 140 people a day i think is what they're what they're averaging right yeah so the, the way it is here like, we, like i was telling you about the zones that we have we have the zones all blocked off you know there's different face mass zones and things in one given area in illinois it's kind of weird you can only have 50 people in one given area so we have to have the zones all spread out so that's kind of how we're doing it and that's why it's kind of weird because the start corral itself can be considered one of the zones so that's 50 people can be inside that we wouldn't put that many in there but it's you know <laughs> they have they have to come up with some kind of rules so you just got to follow on the best you can and and hope everything works out no it's it's great to hear that that you have a town and a county that actually want to work with you mm-hmm. uh, you and, know the race just is for, just for the record zero COVID reported from dark ages. So obviously it worked out for that event and let's hopefully we have the same result here for Highlander. Yeah. Cause we're three weeks past um, the date of your, your dark ages race, which mm-hmm. means all, all of the primary incubation time and the, the finger pointing were kind of past that point. <laughs> <laughs> right. Exactly. That's another thing we had to change. We even had to put that in our waivers. Hey, you may come in contact with someone with COVID you know, those kind of things. So like I said, there's so many things you got to think about just dealing with one issue. So the, your next race is only two weeks away, right? Just under two weeks now? Yeah, 12 days coming right up on us. 12 days. So 
we've kind of talked a little bit about the race. Let's go into a little bit more detail. Um, you know, two weeks away. Um, mm-hmm. Why should why should people be there? What are the big things that you're going to see? We've talked about the safety protocols. Um, looks like you have a lot of different uh, categories that people can race in. Yeah, that's what's that's what's unique about our local race. A lot of local races, it's you know, you show up, you run the five k distance, or you show up and you run run the ten k. Maybe they have a choice between two. What we've brought. Um, into the game is four different uh, options as well as the kids uh, course. So the kids course is about a half half a mile with 12 obstacles, I believe. Uh, the older kids can run that um, twice if they wish. We also allow uh, older kids at their parents' discretion, as long as the parents are signing the waivers and the parents are running with them. Um, depending on their size, you can be 10 and over to run our, our lane. Um, open heats, you don't have to complete obstacles. You can skip those if you don't want uh, we do have a competitive elite heat that goes off first. So our competitive heat is 12 miles. And what that is, our course is set up with a four mile course and an eight mile course. So what the competitive heat's doing is they're doing an eight mile loop. And then we have a cut through area with three obstacles to get from near the finish line, past the start line again. Then they'll do the four mile loop, uh, totaling the 12 which is another unique thing because most people don't have a 12 mile elite heat, but we do. Um, that one is, you know, it's, it's got some history and that's what I love about local races. Our first event with our elite heat, it ran next to the cow pastures on our, um, on our course and the, the fence broke right as the elites passed and, and the bulls came out of the, the uh, cow pasture and started charging the leaders of the, elite heat. So that's probably going to be our fastest elite heat we've ever had, but you know, it creates, creates tradition. So unfortunately those cows are now um, way, way past their prime and, and no longer with us, but uh, they live on in our trophies. We have a, a giant golden bull trophy winners of the elite heat just in honor of those first year bulls. So it's kind of unique. Um, and then our other options, you know, we have a four mile just for the kind of the novice that's just getting into the racing. Um, we have an eight mile for someone that, and eh, they don't want to go quite too long, but they think four is too small. Then obviously we have a 12 mile. And then, like I said, the crazy 26.2 milers, um, this race too, it's something you got to check out, especially if you haven't had much experience with, you know, kind of the Scottish theme backgrounds or anything like that. We have a lot of stuff. You'll see people wearing kilts everywhere. Uh, we got a bagpiper that plays every heat pretty much. Um, that's pretty cool. Uh, some of our obstacles are Scottish themed. If you know what a caber is, that's a long, looks like a telephone pole. Um, usually in, in the Highland games, they flip that. But what we've done is we've turned that into a carry. So you have to carry this. Uh, ours is only, I believe it's 10 feet tall for the guys and eight feet for the girls. Um, you have to carry it vertically. So both hands are underneath the bottom edge of the vertical pole. You can rest it against your um, chest, but it has to be fairly vertical as you go. The one rule is that your both hands have to be there. It's quite difficult to balance, especially if you, you have kind of weaker grip strength, but uh, it, it's quite challenging. Um, some of our obstacles are obviously named after Scottish themes. Um, we have one in our cut through area called the Black Watch which is named after the Scottish elite army. But what that is, is it's a, um, think of like a thick PVC pipe, about six inches thick, that is 12 feet long. 
you have to climb and it's and it's three feet off the ground and there's a bell another foot higher than the pole this is suspended with just a chain so uh, you have to climb this it has rope sticking out on each side with knots every foot and a half um you have to climb this pole all the way to the top ring the bell while it's swaying the entire time so it's it's a pretty cool unique obstacle everybody loves it um we are adding another rig that actually has miniature versions of that where you have to swing from one pipe to the next all the way through before you hit the bell um we have a a water slide that we call Loch Ness where you you slide down and then you got to swim across a portion of the lake to the beach life jackets required though so if you can't swim don't worry too too much about it <laughs> um and then we have you know Scottish games and things as well uh when possible we would do like tug of war and things like that in the in the village area but with covid we're going to skip that this year but it, it it's a unique party atmosphere in the village serious racing going on we have a lot of uh great locals out here that you know run spartan and those others competitively that make it out to our event so um it's just a great time food drinks all that stuff so for anybody listening to the episode the episode photo that you'll see on uh on anchor.fm or on our facebook page is actually uh, is that you carrying in the caber or is that just somebody carrying it that you <laughs> no sent that's a good friend of mine who's uh, an ocr runner that's scott uh brackenmeyer um, he, he is a big guy. He loves that caber carry. But, uh, so anybody who didn't know what that was, that's, uh, that's what it is right there on the photo at the beginning. And I also saw on your, your homepage, uh, Kate West, tiny, but mighty Kate, uh, she's been yep. on the show before. And I know she's a flatline OCR who as of right now is currently leading the, uh, the pack for the largest clan at the event. It looks like. Yes, they're, they're huge. That's a great gym, heart fitness. Um, they're a little bit south of where our race location is, but they're like the biggest OCR training um, gym in the Chicagoland area. Those guys, everybody in that whole group that run are always podium uh, bound. Um, Ryan Hart, the owner, he's actually the, they sponsored the King Arthur's challenge because he wanted to make sure we had that still going. So those people can do the 26.2 miles. So nice. yeah, we love the, the flatliners. Kate West is great. She, uh, Actually, won last year, um, but due to her job offsite, I believe that she's not allowed to compete as of right now. So I'm trying to, <laughs> I'm trying to see what if there's any updates on that. But we love having her, and like you said, she's great. Yeah, she uh, she was a lot of fun to talk to. Her her dad jokes, mm-hmm. her cor- corny dad jokes. <laughs> yep, she she is your quintessential Wisconsinite. Very yep. friendly, um, great to be around. Uh, just a wonderful person, great racer. So do you still get out personally and do these ones too, or uh, do you just sit back and, and manage it now? Well, you know what? I haven't been able I my goal is to someday race my own race at some point. Um, I don't do competitive. I always do open because I like to run with all my buds, and uh, we're, we're always carrying the Highlander. We keep bringing the Highlander flag, hoping that the other races don't realize we're another race and kick us out. But uh, we, we run the Savage races. We run the Spartan, you know, I've done uh, West Virginia with the Spartan race, the beast out there. Um, we try to make at least one trip for those um, somewhere out of state. Maybe we'll make it out to Washington one of these days. Um, <laughs> we do the Savage races, rugged maniacs. We do some other local races. There's frontline OCR, which is just down the road from us. Another local um, abominable snow races North of us. We've done that one. Uh, Gladiator Assault Challenge in Iowa. Um, 
And then we were looking forward to um, doing the Indian Mud Run out in Ohio, but they got canceled this year. Hopefully we'll be back next year. I know they got yeah. like Warx and stuff out there too. So plenty of different ones we've run. I love it, man. I'm going to do it until I can't move anymore. That's awesome. That's uh, I just got into this probably three, four years ago, and I guess just four, eh, five years ago now, 2015. Somebody coaxed me into doing a uh, uh, Warrior Dash, and mm-hmm. you know went out there and did that, and I was like, oh, this is fun. Went and did a Rugged Maniac, did another local, and then went right. out and and just like, oh, those are all easy, and went out and did a Spartan and Street Close, and learned how quickly hey, anyway. the difference. <laughs> Yeah, and you know what? Really, for me personally, and I, I probably can speak for the rest of my team, um, especially with the, the way things are going. I'm not going to get political or anything, but the way things are going these days, um, j- you jump into that OCR community, and it's like everything goes away. It, everybody's so nice and pleasant to be around. You know, you're making friends for a lifetime. Um, and it's no matter, it's every race. It doesn't matter which one it is. Everyone you go to, everybody's so kind, friendly, helpful, encouraging. It's just the best atmosphere. I wish everybody could experience that atmosphere. And that, that's one of the reasons why we love hosting our own, even though it's a lot of hard work. It, it's fun to see the people out enjoying themselves. It is. And community is, is everything in OCR. Um, you know, our one of our hosts, Lisa, she met her best friend through OCR. Um, my best friend, Mike, and I reconnected after years of not being together through OCR. And, and everyone we meet out there on the course, you know, you have your, your friends and then you have your BeastNet family, we call it, uh, where we're just, right. you know, we all go out together. We all help each other. Uh, this upcoming Saturday, there's an event that, that one I was telling you about where they're doing the five person waves and they say, if you're with family, you can do larger than five. So I think the, the one thirty wave is a lot larger than five people because right. we're coming out there presenting as family. Oh, that's a good, that's a good call. And that's that with our teams too. So like we have the largest team competition, so you don't have to, with that one, you don't actually have to run all at the same time. So we have people like you were talking about the flatliners, they have people running King Arthur's, the four mile, the eight mile, the 12 mile. We allow them, you know, just to sign up under the team, but they're allowed to run at different times. I know some, some races you all have to be in the same heat, but you know, if it's the largest team, if you're all on the same team, you're all on the same team. So we, we include everybody in ours. That's awesome that you let them do that. Cause it, it kind of takes away with it. If you have to all be in one functional team out there and you right. have everything from an elite racer to, to a couch to 5k first time participant, you know? Yep. And, and that's one thing too. you, we were talking about COVID earlier. Um, one of the changes we had to make, uh, you've probably been to races where you've seen, um, the biggest team, they get a tent. So that's what we were doing. We had like a VIP tent for the largest team. You know, we put extra nice tables and chairs with games in there for them. Um, But unfortunately due to COVID, we can't, you know, promote everybody (laughs) gathering under a tent. So what we did was we went with our kind of Scottish warrior theme and the largest team gets a real like life-size battle, like a shield, a Scottish shield. And then uh, we present that, you know, it says, you know, Highlander Assault 2020 largest clan. Um, and then what they can do is they, everybody on the team gets a Sharpie. They can write their name on it. And then it goes back to whatever gym or, or club or whatever. And they hang it on the wall. So, um, again, another adaption. But I think everybody liked that idea for Dark Ages. And we're bringing it back for this one. But you got to kind of do what you got to do with the stuff going on. 
Exactly. I'm just glad that you're able to host your events. Uh, you know, this year with COVID, with everything being shut down, uh, we did uh, on the podcast probably from March through the end of June, we were doing, you know, how to work out at home, how to deal with the depression of, of not being community. And we did a lot of stuff on that. And right. now with many of the races starting back up and still hosting events, we're like, crap, we need to get people to go out to these events because, you know, when they can't get people to these events, they may not come back. So that's why I wanted to get right. out there and just do the local it, flavor shows with all these RDs. Exactly. And, and one thing we did with COVID because we had to postpone our May event, uh, you got to improvise. So what we did was we created a Highlander Assault virtual run. Um, it was our quarantine carry. So what we did with that was back in the end of March, I think early April, uh, if you signed up, you had to carry 25 pounds for, for a 5k. And then you, you know, you got the quarantine, basically our logo with a gas mask on it, metal people like their virtual runs. Yeah. Um, but just doing that, you know, we were doing it just to stay alive fundage wise, but I, I've had a lot of people convert into running our OCR just because they did the, the virtual race. So those other OCRs out there that are local, that are looking for other ways to keep alive, to get funds and to, to actually promote your race and get more people out there. I highly suggest trying to put together a virtual run until we get back to normal. That's, you know, that's a good way to raise funds and to get to know even more people. We, we had uh, people from, I want to say seven different countries do our virtual event, including Scotland. That, that is awesome to hear that you got people back from Scotland doing it because that's where the Highland Games and the Highland Assault uh, are kind of from. Right. Yeah. And they, they just like the name, you know, the, the one guy I talked to, he's like, I just thought, thought the name was cool. And I looked at it and I thought that'd be a great way to get a workout in during COVID. And now he wants to come out here and do it the next time he's in the States. So we'll see what happens. It's pretty neat. That's awesome. Yeah, 2020 was supposed to be BeastNet's big road trip where we went around and did, you know, nationally, we went, we were going to go on the road and do local races in, in other venues mm -hmm. and whatnot. And with COVID, that got shut down. Then we tried to do some other things and that got shut down. Uh, my work has a travel quarantine on me, so I can't get on a plane. Right. So I can't get out to anything in the Midwest where everything's happening. The Southeast, Midwest, uh, yeah, I've got open invites to pretty much everything down there, and well, it's a little bit of a drive. <laughs> yeah, I hear you. Well, you know what? That, that offer's extended from us. When you get back on the road, just let us know. We'd be glad to have you out. Yeah, 2021 is uh, what it's looking like. We're going to do our, our big finale with our, our kind of our last Spartan race. will be the, the Dallas Ultra. But uh, next year, right now, all we're doing is looking at all the small local events and and trying to figure out how to get out doing those. And, uh, you know, we work, we work with, uh, with that, that one I mentioned earlier, pennies for quarters, they put on a great race and then this year got taken out. And actually one of our hosts is the race director for them next year. So we'll be, uh, very involved with setting up our own race for the first time. Very cool. So it's a challenge. I warn you. <laughs> yeah, it's, uh, it's gotta be a labor of love and, uh, Considering it's a hundred miles away for Mike and I, um, Lisa, who's one, one of our hosts, that's actually the director. Um, she's going to have to do a lot of the the work herself with herself and the nonprofit. And when it mm -hmm. comes to to build and everything, you know, Mike, Mike and I'll go up there and spend a week with all the other volunteers. And we've got uh, West Coast obstacles 
um, that does a lot of our stuff out here, a lot of the, the obstacle design and stuff. So he's going to trek out there with us and help us out with that too. Very cool. Well, we wish you luck. It, it's it it's very fulfilling though when once you get it done. Yeah. Until the next year, then you got to do it again. <laughs> well, and like you said, maybe one day you'll get to run your own race. Uh, the guy who did it last year, um, he was probably the last participant through just because he wanted to make sure everybody else was done with theirs, and and then he went out and ran his course with us at the end of the race. So it was real cool. Very cool. That's a good idea, actually. Just be the last person on the course. Uh, now I know certain people from other events uh that's actually how we met uh, steve hammond one of the trail masters from from spartan was he was out sweeping the course and we were carrying the injured and damaged to the end of the course <laughs> <laughs> so awesome so we've got 12 days to your event um, we've mm-hmm. talked about the reasons to be there is there any last minute shout outs or words of wisdom to the world out there or anything that you'd say to to a would-be race director that's listening to this uh yeah sure um First off, we have about so we've capped our race at, at 500 with the co with COVID. Um, we have about 40 spots left, so you got 12 days, 40 spots left. King Arthur's Challenge, I think there's two spots left in that. Um, but yeah, get signed up now, or it might be too late. We can't add any extra because we're restricted. Um, as far as race directors go, like I said before, you know it's been a struggle for all of us. Hang in there. Don't don't feel bad reaching out to other races. We've had help from other races that are local. Um, everybody seems to help each other out. You got to be innovative. Like I said, you know, do the virtual thing. Um, be honest with your, with your runners. You know, if, if you can't hold the event, as soon as you know that, let them know. Um, that's been one of our big things is making sure everyone is updated when we get updated. So if the city sends me a message, I let my racers know. Um, if the state's starting to talk about lockdowns, I let the racers know. So, um, just be honest with your racers. They'll respect you for that. Um, if you got to close down, you got to close down. There's nothing really we can do about it. Um, but be innovative, keep your head up. Uh, there is light at the end of the tunnel, hopefully for everybody. And we'll get through this and OCR, I think we'll come back, um, stronger than it was before. Very good words there, Chad. Thanks again for coming on the show. Thanks for listening to the BeastNet podcast. If you haven't done it yet, find us on Facebook. Like and share the podcast. Give us a review on iTunes or Spotify. All these things will help to expand the show in the future. Don't forget to subscribe and let us know what you think and what you'd like to hear. Yeah.